following message was recorded at Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. We're in 1 John today, and chapter 3, verse 16 to 24. If you want to turn there, that'd be fantastic. Um, and and, you know, we refer to this particular disciple, now apostle, one that is sent, um, as, uh, as the beloved disciple or John. Now, a lot of people, there's confusion about that, but, but this is clearly what is stated when he says, the one whom Jesus loved. That is not to the exclusion of anybody else. That is a statement of his personal conviction that Jesus loves me. And this I know, right? He is so convinced that he is loved that you know what everything he writes about is? Love. Like when we know how loved we are, then we become instruments of that very love. And, and that's so true in John's writings in his teachings, like, and, and he's the one that, that over and over again, we see it again in this passage, uh, I believe it's in, yeah, verse 21, like, beloved. Now, I don't know about you, but throughout my early journeys, you know, like, I would, I would kind of, well, well, that's, that's nice, beloved. But, but this is a, this is a massive statement, often followed by an exclamation point that wants you to know without any doubt that you are beloved. Jesus came to make you his bride, right? He, there was, we didn't have a shot at this without his help. And so let's look at this passage as we di- dive a little deeper into dwell, into the understanding of, of the depth of the Father's love. And it's not something he does, it's who he is, First John tells us. He is love. And we just read those attributes of, of, of this, this glorious love that we have in Jesus, as I began to uh, pray about, and I mean began, to pray about the title for this morning's message, like it just it just was given to me, like before I could finish the thought, and it was let love live. Let love. Li-. We're told in the scriptures, like you know, let the peace of Christ reign in your hearts, right? Like let, uh, don't 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 resist. Don't you know? Let it happen. Let love live through your life. Let God's presence, power, goodness, and love, mercy, and grace, let it be, let that be what your life is marked and defined by. When others experience you, they should experience him, right? And in, in, in truth, in reality, they should experience him. And so this is, this is the, the passage for this morning. Follow along with me. By this we know love. Like, not, not simply what love is, but who love is, right? Because listen to what it goes on to say. By this we know love, that he, the Lord Jesus Christ, laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and yet closes his heart to him, how does God's love abide in him? 
little children. This is a statement of young believers, those that he would consider his spiritual children. John says, let not love in, let, let's not, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For whoever For whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. So let's break this down. The first verse here, and I think it's just, it's interesting that it's First John 3.16. And it says, by this we know, by this we know love. He laid down his life for us. I mean, we can pause there for just for a moment. Just We would never know what love is or who love is if Jesus hadn't laid down his life for us. This was, we're told in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that for, for God demonstrated his very own love for us in this. This is how God demonstrated his very own love for us. Christ died for us while we were still yet sinners. Christ died for us. And so this is how we come to know God. This is how we come to know love himself uh, is through the work of the cross. But, but it's, it's not just something that was done for us. It was something that was done to us because now we have not just a definition of love. We have, we have an experience of love. We know love. We have a personal experience with love that is not meant to be something that we just hold but something that we share, something that we give away. Like, man, if like the, the, the Christian's like expression or witness or sharing the gospel, man, that's not, that's not really a difficult thing. It's the most exciting thing going on in your life. It's the most mind-altering, life-changing experience that any of us have ever had. And talking to others about that, it's like, why would I keep the cure from cancer, uh, eternal spiritual cancer? Why would I keep that from anybody? God loves you. He sent his son to prove it and to die for you so that you could actually know love. Like you could actually have a personal experience with love himself. And, And it says, and we ought to lay down our lives, down our lives for our brothers. Now, it's interesting here because like, so I, lo- I love what Mike said in our, in our Bible study this morning. By the way, we have Bible study at nine o'clock. It's called Get Ready. And it's kind of, we, we study over the passage that we're preaching that morning. Really encourage you to come out and be a part of that. It's, it's awesome. But like, what's, what my, this is what Mike said. Mike, Mike said, you know, G, we know this from Hebrews, right? Hebrews tells us that for the, for, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame, and it was seated at the right hand of the Father. In other words, he ran to the cross for us, right? He embraced the, the he knew, and he knew all the implications. He knew all the pain, all the struggle. He knew, he knew everything, and he, he still ran to that because he knew it would, it would, it would mean our rescue. 
He because that's what love does, right? That's what love is. That's how the world would know love. And uh, and so he raced to that moment. And uh, what Mike shared was, I just thought it was a rich look at this, and it really helps to articulate this passage. Is that we we too will have crosses, right? We were called to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow Him. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, right? But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will find it. But like, but like, I love this that that. But we don't run to the cross. We run to like the, the the moments that we struggle and hurt for others and and willing to to lovingly sacrifice parents know this for their kids right like you you do it for what it's going to do for them right for for the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning its shame right like we we love because we we know he first loved us and he loves the world and he wants them to know his love and mercy, his presence and power, his goodness and grace. He wants these things to be not just thought about, but he wants them to be experienced firsthand. And we get to be the one, as it says in uh, 1 Corinthians 5, like we, we get the one that, that, that God uses to make his appeal, like the ambassadors that God makes his appeal through. Like God is beckoning the world to be rescued and saved from their brokenness and separation, which is what death really is. We're separated from life himself. So I have some questions for you this morning. Do you know love? Not the concept or attributes. Do you know him? Do you know love? And and this is how you know love, that that, that Jesus laid down his life willingly, that he left you know, he who was rich became poor that we might become rich. That we might, he, he came to give us the Father, to give us the kingdom, to, to, to make us co-heirs, to, to, to invite us into his bridal, this beautiful bridal relationship with him. Jesus laid it down his life for you. That's, that's love. That's love. The cross declared that God loves you. That's what its message is. That's what it's, that's the good news to the world. And I love that in John 15, we're told no greater love than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. This is on the, the night that he would, he would die. Like, and he, or, do you know, like, it's amazing to me. Jesus orchestrated his own. He says, no one takes my life. I lay it down and I take it up again. He orchestrated his own sacrificial death, knowing that it was the only way. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is, this, this is what has to be done. And this is how I demonstrate God's grace, the Father's grace and love for you. So he demonstrated God's very own love for us. And we are called to lay down our lives. We're called to live sacrificially. You know, I, I was thinking about this yesterday, and well, reflecting on yesterday, actually this morning, and, you know, I was walking down the street and I, I, I saw a couple of ladies coming in the golf cart talking. And, and so I just went over just to talk. And, uh, and, and they were so, like, they were so blown away. Like, they're just like, like, that you guys would come down here and do this for us. And, like, they just felt so loved. Did you, you know what I mean? Like, so, so, so grateful, but so, they felt so loved by the fact that we would leave our families, our homes, you know, get up early, whatever. You know, and it just seemed so trivial what we were doing in, in, in light of what they're, they're facing. 
you know, and, and we're truly just coming to, to serve and to love them so that they can see and know that God loves them and experience that firsthand. But to them, it was so big. I mean, you could see, I mean, every single person I talked to wept, like wept, like, like sincerely just cried because they were so thankful and overwhelmed. But see, that's, that's when people get to experience God through our life. Like God's doing that. God's giving them an experience that's so much bigger than what we're actually doing because what they're trying to share uh, gratitude for and trying to articulate like praise for like is, is, is way bigger than whatever we're doing. Do you know what I mean? They're experiencing God's love through just sacrificial service. And, and we need to find ways to wash people's feet to do things that um, that are so humble and so sacrificial. David said, I will offer nothing to God that doesn't cost me something, right? Because then it's not, it, it, it lacks worship, right? Like I had a buddy that used to say, I, it's easier to give five bucks than it is five minutes, right? And, and, and truly time is precious. So so how are we using our time, talent, resources to to express God's glorious love to those around us. Because if Jesus died so that we would know him, love, like that we would know love, intimate, that we'd be brought close, that the veil would be torn from top to bottom and we'd be invited in, like it says we ought to love others in this same way. Like what does that look like for you? Can we get real practical this morning? I don't care if we don't even move beyond this first. Can we just get real? Like, is God loving people through your life? Do you know that the, the that everything in the law and the prophets, the first covenant, right? The old covenant. Like, like, do you know that all of that points to Jesus? All of that is is meant to to reveal Him, so that when He shows up, we it's it's you. Like. And and what we were told is is that it all it all gets if we want to simplify it it's love God with all of our heart mind strength and soul, and love our neighbor as ourselves. You know I, I want to say this this morning that what God has done for for us in Christ is He's actually He's actually healed us to the point that we actually can can love others. And let me tell you the first person that He wants us to actually. Love is him, but then to, you, you actually will, you love yourself. You love who God has made you and, and you start to love what God is doing and manifesting in your life. And that's how you can love others as you love yourself. Right? Like there, there's, no, there's no longer this because what we lost in the garden was not only our relationship with the Lord, Jesus really, our life, right? But, but we lost a healthy relationship with ourself. The moment the fall happened, you know what happened? Shame. Like we, 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 we covered up, we hid, we blamed. There was this, we, we felt this against you and you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. We felt this, this separation, but it wasn't just from him. It was even, there was this, this, this brokenness within us. And he's come to heal that so that there is even a love. Because guys, we can be so hard on us. We can be so critical and judgmental on us. And you're not loving. That's, that's not the gospel. Like God wants you to love you too. 
We can, we can be so hurtful to ourselves and so critical in our own thinking. And, and, and those, and sometimes that self-talk is not truth. It's not scripture. That self-talk can be very condemning and critical. And that's not love. I mean, he, he has rescued us to a place where, like, that we should love, including ourselves, love others. But that doesn't leave us to a place of selfishness. That leads us to a place of sacrifice and giving and loving, you know, sacrificially, like pouring out our lives for his glory, his fame. Man, we leave our kingdom behind so that we can truly be all about the, the kingdom that Jesus came to, to, to penetrate our lives with. It's just, it's so much, I believe this with all my heart, it's so much better than we're living it. Like it's so much better than we, we even understand or like it's so much bigger, it's so much glorious. Like we've been, we've been made right with God and he has invited us into the mission and Jesus has made us the bride and our father is, is going to one day give us to his son as his bride, his, his love, right? And, um, and now we're just inviting people to the party. We're just inviting people to the, to the, to the life of healed and restored and rescued, right? So that we can literally, so that it's possible, like it's not possible until he comes and invades our lives for us to actually be who he made us to be. And, oh, he sees that. And I love that he stays in a posture, in his loving posture. By the way, that love is not based on what you do or don't do. Aren't you thankful? It's not conditional. His love is eternal. It's forever. It, it, it stays in that posture always and forever. Like this is, this is just, it's not what he does. It's who he is. And you know what he wants? He wants it to be who we are. He doesn't want it to be something we do, but it, it, he wants to impress his image again on us by the work of the Holy Spirit so that it, it's just something that, that like when, when they see, Jesus said this, when, when, you know, when, when, they, when you see me, you've seen him. And if we're meant to finish and, and continue that work, then, then that, shouldn't that be true of us? Like when they see us, they see, see him. And, and that's, not, that's less about trying and more about abiding. Can I say that again? It's, it's a whole less about trying to be righteous and trusting him and putting our faith and confidence in him and knowing that his word is true and faithful and knowing that he will, he, he is our righteousness. Like it's an imputed gift. We don't become righteous. We we're, we're given to it to us by faith when we just trust him and grace is a gift. His love is a gift. Man, I have, it's Christmas every day, man. Do you get it? Like God has blessed us beyond our wildest dreams. He, he has bestowed his presence, his love, his power. He has forgiven us. And that, that forgiveness is not, it's not one and done. When Jesus said to Peter 70 times seven, he was saying, that's my kind of forgiveness, right? It's, it, it doesn't count. It doesn't, it doesn't have an expiration date, right? It's a finished deal. It's paid in full. You're forgiven. Now that, that's not a license to sin. 
You know, that's, that's a, that's a, that's an anthem to give him praise. That's a, that's a proclamation to go live for his glory because we're, we're, we're overwhelmed by, by who he is and what he does. I, I, this commentary I thought was, was well stated. It means giving up your rights. It means seeking their best, even when it hurts or costs you deeply. It means putting her needs and interest above your own desires. Real love is an action, not a feeling. It produces selflessness, sacrificial giving. The greatest act of love is giving oneself for others, serving others with no thought of receiving anything in return. Something, sometimes it is easier to say that we'll die for others than to truly live for them. That involves putting others' desires above your own. Let me ask you a question. I might ask it again. Who is God calling you to love? Right now, I mean, I believe that, that God's Spirit is working in each of your hearts this morning. And, and you, just, you just know that, man, God wants me to exhibit this type of lavish love. Trust Him for the outcome, the results. I mean, is it going to be misrepresented? Is it going to be abused? Yeah, yeah. Did, did Jesus come and love the world and did, did he face consequences? I mean, that sounds crazy, but yeah. Yeah, but, 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 but what helps to, to soften that is when we're not looking for, you know, we're not in it for something, right? And Jesus said that this is the, this is the goal, that when you love others, do it for, for me. He says, when you've, when you've done it unto the least of these brothers of mine, you've done it unto, to me. So if you want to love, the Lord back for all that he's done and doing for you, like love others, love the least of these. Give in areas that are are sacrificial. I love Paul. Paul says this in almost every letter. He says, I suffer for the church. Why? So that you might know and grow. I'm, 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 I'm joyfully willing to do that because he even says in the opening part of Philippians 1, like it's better that I, I know that I'm meant to stay for, for your benefit. I mean, it's better by far to go and be with the Lord, right? That's, that's my, that's my, I shed this body. I'm relieved, right? It's gain. But, but for now, he has me here so that, so that you might know and grow. And that's going to be painful. Parents, parents know this, right? If we're ideal in that, in that approach, like we understand that, that we, we, we willingly suffer. We willingly forfeit and sacrifice so that, so that this one might know and grow. That, that, that they would they would know love. Verse 17 goes on to say, but if anyone has uh, the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Like it's 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 kind of a rhetorical like statement of like, what? It's not true, right? If if we have you ever closed your heart towards a need of a brother or sister? I mean, I, I, I'm sure we're all guilty. Like we see it, we, we can easily, you know, what, what causes that? Well, selfishness, pride, greed. Uh, you know, maybe it's we don't trust God to take care of us and to provide for us so we, we hoard, right? But, but, but man, like we're, we're told, like when, when God opens our eyes, and please understand, not everybody's going to see that need. It's a gift. If you see a need, that's... That's a, that, that's a divine appointment. That's an opportunity to, to do what God did for you. 
and to show lavish and generous love. And here's the key, to do it without your left hand knowing what your right hand is doing. Do it in a way that nobody knows. Because, you know, that protects us from poor motive. And and it makes sure that God gets the glory. Right? Pride is a wicked thing. So if anyone has this world's needs and sees his brother in need and yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? So this, I think, is, is how we get real practical about verse 16. This is how we react to God's love for us. Right? We ought. Right? It's, it's, not, it's not urging us to do something out of compulsion or reluctancy. It's just, it's, it should be the natural, hey, God loved you so completely, thoroughly, and amazing, and lavishly, and generously, like, that should be, that should be the natural response, is that we love others. We're blessed to be a blessing, we're told, right? That, that's why you're blessed. We're not blessed to, to have, we're blessed to give. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive, right? The joy in living is giving, Right, we hear words like bogo and we think buy one get one. No, it, you know, like the, 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 the semantics of our life changes to to really believing that it's in the giving that we really experience the joy of living, and that's just the truth. Man, that that that'll 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 transform your Christmas thoroughly when when you move in a, in a manner of giving rather than getting. If you sow, if you sow sparingly, you will also reap sparingly. We're told this principle in 1 Corinthians. James says genuine faith acts. Genuine faith, real faith serves. Real faith works. It works and it works. Right? If it's genuine and it's, it's not working to gain anything from God because God's given himself fully to you. You're not trying to gain anything from him. His favor, we, we're in Christ. We're beloved. We're precious. We're his. Right? It, we're not trying to maintain our relationship with God. It's not, we're not earning anything with Him. It's all a gift. It, we're, we're doing it out of gratitude. And it's, it's a privilege. It's what we're called to. Do we have the world's goods? Do we see need? I'm just asking this one. Do you have the world's goods? <laughs> I'm not opening my mouth. Right? Like, we, we are. We are the wealthiest country in the, in the world, arguably. But beyond that, do you, do you see need? In other words, do we have opportunity to be givers, to demonstrate the Father's love? Like it's in, it's in doing those things that, because this is what I found, walking the streets of this mobile home park, people, people were simply loved by our, our, our intentionality to just come for God's glory. And it just became very practical, but it became very real to them. Look, is Jesus on the planet today? Is Jesus in St. Petersburg today? Right? We're the body. I mean that very, very practically. We're the body of Christ. We're, we're, the, we're the tangible necessary, like Jesus said, it's better that I go that he might come, the Holy Spirit, so that we can get this done worldwide. Right? So like we're, we're the tangible expression of what Jesus wants to do every single... Did, J, did Jesus do some marvelous things in his context? Do you know that together we're meant to continue that 
marvelous work of loving the world back to the Father and revealing the good news that Jesus, we haven't been left, but we've been rescued. It's so good. It's so good. So have you ever closed your heart? You ever done that? And I don't, I'm not asking you to raise your hand this morning, but let me call, call us all to this posture. Let's just repent of that. Let's, this morning, let's change our mind about that. Let's change our heart about that. And let's start, let's start living differently as it relates to the, the moments where God opens our eyes to a need of a brother and sister around us. And let me be clear, and the scripture is dead clear in this. You can check this. You can look this forwards and backwards, right? Jesus said, when you've done it in the least of these brothers of mine, you did it unto me, right? Like there is a, there, there, you know, please know, you know, as I look at my bride in the nursery holding that precious baby, like if Sheba has a need, like she, as far as earthly relationships, she gets first, she gets, she's she's number one, right? God's number one, but but, she, but here she's, you know, if anybody else needs, but she need, I'm going to take care of her. For, and that's the precedence that the body of Christ gets. Like we're, we're to take care of the body first. Like when you've done it unto them, Jesus says you've done it unto, when you've done it to each other, Jesus says you did it to me. Like when he saw Paul, he said, Paul, you're persecuting the church, but this is what he said. Saul, Saul, you persecute me. Like he takes it personal. So practical. So then Paul, John goes on to say, little children, like this is a very endearing, warm terminology of those, his little disciples, those that he is, you know, training up in the Lord. He says, let us not love in word or talk. Now, does that mean that we should not use our words to love? No, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, but in deed and in truth, what he's saying is, is that our words, it shouldn't end there. That should just be the, the declaration of the action that follows, right? And what does it mean that, that, we, that we do it? In, that, that, you know, love is a verb, right? We, we'd say things like that, but, like, but then we also say that it's in truth. So what, how we love should be, should be directed and, and, uh, and, and directed by truth. Does that make sense? Like God's word gets to kind of determine the aim and the direction and the frequency and those things. And so talk is cheap, if not accompanied with action. We hear things like that. Who, who is God calling you to love? I promised I might say that again. Who, who is God calling you to, to intentionally and practically love in a lavish, extravagant way that's really going to put you in a humble posture washing feet, because in order for Jesus to demonstrate the Father's love, did he humble himself? Was any of it sacrificial? Was it painful? And, and to the world, it seems like losing, but, but did he lose or did he win? Hello? Right? I mean, so the, the challenge for this morning's message is let love live. Let it live. Let, 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 it, let it come flying through your life. And I promise what it happens in doing that is it becomes this, 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 this work of God that refreshes your soul as you just become a conduit of, of that love. I mean, and, and what you're doing, like what we're doing is we're godding people. I know that's not good English, but like if God is love and we're loving people, that what we're, what we're doing when we do it in truth, right, is we're loving, we're godding people. 
How are they going to know him if we don't love them? And, and the other part of what, what's being taught here is that John is saying to the, to the church, you got to love each other so well, so thoroughly and completely, so sacrificial. Have your eyes wide open to need and opportunity. We should be fighting each other, not literally, for the opportunity. No, I got this one. You had the last one. I get this one. Right? Like, I mean, like, so like, so that, so that, like, the world knows and they, and they want in. They're like, man, I'd love to be a part of a group of people that love each other that much and that care for each other. That Guys, look, <laughs> does God want to take care of your needs? Does God want to, t- God wants to do some beautiful, practical things in each of our lives. But you know what's kind of the limiting factor? The body. I, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just being realistic here. I'm just stating the facts like, like, that's why we, we got to let love live, right? Like, like we're, we're, we're the body of Christ. Like he's the head. I mean, you cut off a head, right? And saying you could do that and the head was still, like it's not going to have a lot of practical expression. It's just going to be words. And Jesus is saying, you're my body. And every one of you matters and every one of you have a part and every one of you were built and created on purpose for a purpose. And that purpose is to be yoked together uh, intimately with one another in order that we might demonstrate his power, his glory, his presence, his love to a world that is hungry to be loved. Hungry. And when we know we're loved, loved people love people. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to pause, go to the notes, finish this message, uh, online. I encourage you, you know, read through the rest of the notes, but I want to finish here and I want to say this. Like, I feel like a lot of times I hear in my own thoughts and, and, and conversations is we're just talking about the darkness. We're talking about the problems and the government and the, what is darkness? The absence of light. Who are we? Can you say it loud? Who are we? Are we the light of the world? Right? And, 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 and the light of the world is literally, we're told, is the life, his life in us is the light of men. If, G, if God's spirit abides in you, do you, if you believe you're a saint, not because of anything you've done, but what he did for you, and you have received that, you have acknowledged that I can't, but he can, and he did, and, and you've experienced the power of his presence in your life, then, then guys, please understand, you're the light of the world. And let's quit. Look, it's re- it doesn't take rockets. It doesn't take any intellect to point out darkness. That's, that's easy, right? Let's shine, right? Let's, let's live for the glory of God. Let's, let's, uh, let, let's be obedient. It's the last verse in this passage says. Listen to what it says. And, and I'll, I'll read it through to finish. Um, but beloved, I'll move on. Uh, I know poor folks in the back. Um, so listen to what it says here. And this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And it's, and it's interesting. It says commandment one. They, 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 they're one. Believe in the son, his son, Jesus Christ and love one another. Just as he is, that's what he's commanded us to do, to believe and love, right? And then it says, whoever keeps his commandments abides in God 
and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit in whom he has given us. Can I tell you what he's saying to us here? Is when love reigns through your life, when love, when you become a practical expression of the, the glorious God that we know and love, like what happens is you, you know that you're his. It's the assurance that you need because you experience the, like, you know that what people are experiencing through your life is not, you're not capable of. It's God using you to do something that's so much bigger than you. Moses would understand that. Noah would understand that. Anybody that walks by faith and, and says, I can't, but he can, would have that testimony. And, and so, like, can we be people that obey his command to believe in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and love one another? Right? Like, because that's what it looks like to be the light of the world. Right? That's what it looks like to, to love others well. And if we're doing that, do you know that it pushes back the darkness? It actually expels it. Like, you really want to see our, the, the darkness of our world? Is our country kind of in decay? Is our country in morality and other areas? Yeah, right? But like, but the answer to that is the church. Is the body, is you, me, us, together, shining a light for God's glory. And do you think that the storms of life, you know, like, I, I can't even quote what Jimmy said, but he was like, he was, this is what he basically said, no, no earthly storm can take away what I have. And this is a guy, like, everybody's going, this guy's so happy. And like, I'm standing in his home that's decimated. I'm cutting up his, his walls and putting it on the, and I'm carrying out his fur. And he's like, no, no earthly storm can take away what I have. And, and you don't think that's a witness to the saint and the sinner? Guys, can we shine? Yes. Will we shine? Man, will you just, look, look I love it's just this simple. Love God, love people. Right? And do that in truth. Do that according to his word. And let his spirit do it because we can't, but he can and he will. If we just surrender ourselves to him, he, he will love people through us. And so that's why it gets back as I, as I finish here. That's why it gets back to dwell. Apart from me, you can do. So really, you know what the Christian life's all about? It's not trying to be good because you can't. He's good enough for us all, right? It's, it's about being close. And that's what the cross was really all about, is opening up his presence to us so that we could be righteous, so that we could be holy, so that we could be love, right? So that we could experience on a perpetual basis his grace. Anybody this morning thankful that his mercies are new every morning? That his grace abounds to us and, and, and you know that your sins are atoned for in total, not in part? Man, do you think the world needs to hear that news? But more importantly, as he said in this passage, not in word, but in deed, do you think the world needs to see that good news lived out through our lives? Can we not get caught up in civilian affairs? Can we not get wrapped up in worldly junk that doesn't matter, guys? It doesn't matter. Do you know the world is going to hell and the church is going to Raymond James Stadium? What? What? There's an urgency here, people, right? Like, and we have a, we have a very clear mission and we're empowered for it. 
and, and, and there's a world that's hard, that, that's dying and, and, and on a road, they're on a wide road that leads to destruction and they don't even know it and it wasn't even meant for them. It was prepared for the devil and his angels and they're following him, them right down that path. And, and you don't, we don't say anything about it? How can that be a voice of mercy and grace and compassion? It, if you know what Christ has done for you, how many of you know what Christ has done for you? Okay, are you going to share that this week? Are you going to just be ready to give an answer for the hope? That, that's all he wants you to do. He'll, he'll provide the opportunity. Are you ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the light of the world and that you brought us back to life and that life in us is the light that you want to shine through our lives, that we might love the way that you loved us, that we would lay down our lives, that we would, knowing that we can't lose our lives, that we don't forfeit anything, but we can give up and sacrifice in this world, knowing that that is exactly what you did and what you want us to do. Oh, that we would hold loosely to these things and hold tightly, cling to you the hope of our lives, the joy, the peace, love himself. Help us to love as you've loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.